Manchester City and Arsenal have been the best two teams in the Premier League this season. Now they get to test themselves against each other in the FA Cup. Pep Guardiola faces his old assistant, Mikel Arteta. Has he created a monster that's ready to consume him? As the great philosophical work Star Wars tells us, only two there are, a master and an apprentice. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. No apprentices on this show, only masters. And Mark O'Hare, having looked completely confused by that Star Wars reference, is ready to give us his view on Manchester City against Arsenal. It's a Friday night clash. Mark and Manchester City, the 1.85 favourites to win this one. Does that reflect Arsenal's improvement enough? Um, it, it's, really, it's really tricky for me to try and analyse these odds because... Um, Going into this match, we just don't know how serious these two teams are going to take this this fixture. And you know, I'm at the moment struggling to muster a huge excitement and expectation for this match. And I don't want to sort of be <laughs> negative about it. Please but, um... keep listening. Don't <laughs> please keep listening to the show. Okay. Yes. It's the FA Cup fourth round. You know, if this was a, a quarterfinal, semi-final clash, then I'd be very excited. But the fact that the match between these two on the 15th of February in the Premier League, for me, that's the unmissable game uh, between these two teams. This is just a, a bit of a dress rehearsal. And I think from an Arsenal perspective, there's, you know, fair reason to sort of potentially look towards that as the more important of the two clashes and, and give an opportunity to, to rest and rotate. And it's probably why um, Arsenal are 11 on the outright market. And um, the reason I say that is because, you know, you look back to the third round against Oxford, Arteta did make some changes, not widespread, but he made enough to, to freshen his team up. But if you look at their team so far this season, they've been incredibly fortunate to escape major injuries across the board. They have fielded the most consistent starting eleven of all the Premier League sides this season, made the fewest changes from match to match. Seven of their players have started all 19 Premier League games and Odegaard has started 18 of them. Six of those seven who have played all the games in the Premier League went to the World Cup as well. So there is going to be an element, I think, of fatigue building in the legs, uh, even mentally too. And I think Arteta might be you know, might see there's an opportunity to to sort of freshen things up a little bit and give some of his key players a, a rest. And, and for that reason, I think advantage def definitely does go then towards Manchester City because if they decided to do similar, we know that their strong their squad is the stronger of the two. You know, if you fielded a, the two second choice 11s beside each other, Cities would be the firm favourite. So I've, I've no sort of opinion made really on on the major market. I am slightly surprised to see City on a bit of a drift um, since I looked at these prices earlier in the week, but um, nothing too significant. But also surprised at how poor City's record is in the FA Cup, actually, for a team that's dominated domestically for for quite some time, really, whether winning the league or, or being at least in the title race. City have only won the FA Cup once in the last 11 seasons. They've only reached the final twice as well. So um, I'm not exactly sort of queuing to back them at odds on quotes against what, who have been you know, an Arsenal team, who have been the best in the Premier League this season, um, I'm not going to say by a distance, but you know, by a, you know, consistently the best week after week. So um, I can find a, kind of find reasons to oppose both. So for that reason, I'm, I'm quite happy to sort of ignore the one x two, ignore the handicaps, and ignore the total goals markets too. 
This is a fixture that City tend to be pretty strong in. They've won 12 of the last 14. Nine of those 12 wins by two goals or more. But this is a different Arsenal side. So if Arsenal do turn up with their best 11, take this match seriously, they're going to be a, a match for City. So quite happy to ignore it all. The price that stood out to me to make this match interesting um, was, actually, go. <laughs> <laughs> was actually uh, Riyad Mahrez to score at any time, who is 3.1 on the exchange, which feels like a big price. I expect him to be there or thereabouts in terms of the starting eleven, He was the star of the show in the third round victory over Chelsea, scored twice, did similar against Spurs at the Etihad last midweek. So his last two outings at home, he scored at least two goals. He's averaging a goal every 150 minutes across all com competitions this season. He scored in eight of his last 15 appearances for City and he's had at least two shots in 10 of those matches too. So he's really played himself into form over the last couple of months. Um, I just think if Haaland is rested, we don't know about Ilkay Gundogan, his involvement, but there's an opportunity for him to be on penalties as well. He's a threat from inside and outside the box from set pieces as well. I just think 3.1 uh, for a side, you know, a player in as good form as he is um, and a side who are odds on. Uh, yeah, that was probably their price that appealed to me most. Lovely stuff there. Mark O'Hare, even in a game where he thinks, I don't fancy this at all, this is a complete no-show, I'm not interested in this, still comes up with a decent tip at the end. Uh, tipster and trader Emmett O'Keefe is with us. Emmett, uh, Mark's right, you never quite know with cup competitions how strong the teams are going to be. The only thing I wondered is whether this is an opportunity for one of these teams to strike a psychological blow in the title race. Absolutely, and that's that was the way I was thinking about the game as well. It kind of reminds me of two thousand and eight. So just bring the listeners back. That was the kind of the when Arsenal had a kind of a five point league, on a five point lead on a main either team that would have featured kind of uh, the way the Wayne Rooney, Cristiano Ronaldo, Paul Scholes, Michael Carrick. Um, and as 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 the listeners know, my night end up overhauling that that five point lead, but both my night played Arsenal in a kind of a fifth round FA Cup tie when Arsenal had the when had that lead. Arsenal went into the game quite quite depleted in terms of their their team, quite a few injuries, and I think I remember as United fan feeling at the time that United had to at least land some sort of blow on them that might carry over into the league. You know, I'd actually ended up winning that game 4-0. And the week after that game, listeners might remember the famous um the famous game at St Andrews when Martin Martin Taylor uh, in, in injured Eduardo and kind of and put, put put him out for the season and Arsenal see the last minute penalty and William Gallas had that kind of sit down protest on the pitch and kind of the rest was history. Arsenal kind of never recovered. So I would say that City or City more so than Arsenal, I think will definitely be thinking about can can we achieve a result that will carry over to the double header? I think so. I, so so in that sense, I'm I will be really intrigued to see to, to, to see what teams are picked because I I can't see Man City picking a kind of a Cole Palmer led team or kind of a an experiment. I think Man City will will pick, if not their strongest team, like their maybe eight or nine of their strongest team. With again, there's not a huge drop off from Erling Haaland to Julian Alvarez. Whereas, kind of, I think Arsenal. I'm not. I, I'm. I, I'm not quite as sure. And so, yeah. If I was kind of, if, if you're doing anything, it's hard to do any match betting on the on FA Cup before you see the teams. But if 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 you were, I would kind of just lead towards Man City because I think they will take it more seriously and, and and be looking to kind of achieve a comfortable comfortable victory. Um, I'm kind of, yeah. In terms of yeah, kind of a, in terms of bet for the game. 
hard to find anything that massively appeals, but much much like Mark O'Hare, I'd probably look at the goal score markets. And just it caught my eye that Julian Alvarez did score a penalty against Chelsea. So I think which which would make him a more kind of attractive betting proposition if if Erling Haaland didn't didn't start. So he's currently around six to four in the sports book to score any time. Just if if Haaland didn't start, I think Alvarez in the goal score market's probably the way I'd look. If you're wondering what Emmett's been doing with his time this week, he's clearly been watching Premier League years. Uh, odds compiler and tipping whiz Mark Stinchcombe is back on board. Stinch, are you surprised to see Arsenal priced as they are, given that they've beaten Manchester United, they've beaten Liverpool, they've gone to Chelsea and won, they've gone to Tottenham and won. They've done that pretty impressively. Yeah, the Man City complete different beast, really, to those, as, as you mentioned. I mean, Man City, arguably the the best team in the world for a sustained period. So this is the the ultimate test. But as as the guys kind of already outlined, it's not one that we expect is the is the real test. The real test will be in the league when everything's on the line. Essentially, um, yeah, you, you just don't know at this stage how interested teams are in ultimately going a long way in probably a third choice priority competition. Uh, after the league in Europe. We see it all the time in various other competitions, Europa League, for example. You see teams that are going really well at the top of the league uh, and then they just give up or they play like a second string team. So, yeah, I don't think it's um, something that we can quite uh, sort of comprehensively say whether the the odds are completely wrong. But I'm definitely massively leaning towards City being a bit too big here um you as the guys have said as well the out of the two it's likely arsenal will rotate more i would suggest i mean going away um to city is hard at the best of times uh, when you consider that they haven't got a huge squad and you think they want to try and keep this uh, gap at the top of the premier league i think focus has to be elsewhere ultimately i mean city were 1 to 3 in this match in the league last season when they won 5-0 um so i think it's even with rotation and things like that i don't think you can really suggest that they've regressed and arsenal have significantly improved to deserve city to be essentially 4 to 5 um so yeah obviously wait for the teams um, or maybe place a bet now. And if you don't like the teams, cash out, trade out, um, whatever you're more comfortable doing. Um, in terms of like outside of the, the match odds, I think if Erling Haaland starts, he looks a good bet at four to five to me. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we say, I say about Man City being the best team in the world, Haaland is one of, if not the best striker in the world. And his, you know, his record is phenomenal 31 goals in 26 games. Uh, 3.9 shots per game, 3.6 of those coming inside the penalty area. Obviously, the the higher that figure in the penalty area, the better in my mind because closer to goal, better chance of scoring. So that looks a good price if he if he does start. Um, and I sort of delved a little bit deeper because there's quite a lot of different uh, bets you can do on Holland uh, on the on the on the sports book. Um, I looked at the goals he scored this season. Of the 25 Premier League goals he scored this season, five of them have come with his head. Obviously, that's 20%. So if you sort of converted the, the four to five using that 20%, we would get eight to one on him to score a header. Uh, but I did notice that all five of those headers have, have come at home um, out of an 18 uh, at the Etihad. So if you converted that, you'd get 11 to two. Uh, and you can actually get nine to one on him to score a header. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, he's averaging 0.9 uh, 
headed shots per game and that actually rises to 1.1 at the Etihad. So that kind of suggests that Man City maybe put more crosses into the box. Perhaps teams defend a little bit deeper. Um, and if you've got um, goal scoring expertise in the likes of Lissandro Martinez that are scoring headers against Arsenal, then maybe not a big ask <laughs> for Haaland. Behemoths to... <laughs> like Martinez, yeah. <laughs> maybe not a big ask to ask for Haaland to score. But it probably won't start, will he? But, um, you know, Emmett's right. I think Anu, Anu as well, actually, with the, in terms of a psychological blow, City could go out there, play a full strength team and, you know, really sort of turn the tide in the mind games. And put Arsenal in their place. Worth bearing in mind, you can get a £5 free bet when you place a £5 bet builder on Manchester City against Arsenal. T's and C's in the description, 18+. plus. See gambleaware.org. Just a word on the outright market for the FA Cup at this stage. Emmett, I'll start with you. What jumps out at you from that market ahead of the fourth round? Yeah, just I think the from an out, just from a ponderous point of view, the fact that Man City or Arsenal are playing each other just makes it a more attractive, attractive betting market. Obviously, Man City are more likely to qualify, but there is like there there is a decent possibility that you might have the five to two favorite out of the competition come come Monday. And if that happens, any outright bet you place this weekend you will will have will have, will have contracted significantly. So I think that's that that's that's one of the reasons that I think it's it's kind of more interesting than usual. In the last ten years, we've had kind of we've had five teams outside of the kind of traditional big six like the final as well. So I think there is. I wouldn't necessarily kind of. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily. It, it's not one of these things where you feel like if you're back, backing a team outside of the big, big six, you've no chance. So I think that 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 also kind of also also caught my eye. And there's two teams that kind of stood out as maybe I think sm- small value. The first was Tottenham. Um, just I think there's a high chance that Antonio Conte is going to leave at the end of the season. I think his best chance of really leaving a legacy at Tottenham will be to win a trophy like the FA Cup. Um, and just they have they press in a way where in in, 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 in this round which they're 1.38 shot. And just Spurs actually, their squad has more depth than previous years. Like if you compare like Arnaut Dajuma, who was like a really who who'll be their backup winger was one of the kind of he was ripping it up at Champions League level. Like Richarlison's their backup striker again was ripping it up in the World Cup. I think this and then like say Eve Basuma is the Spurs sub midfielder, one of the better Premier League midfielders last season. So I think the the Spurs second string is quite strong. I think is is kind of good is is definitely good enough to get them towards the kind of quarter final semi finals from 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 when they they will they will kind of take it seriously. So them are in. 8.0 on the exchange. And the other one I thought were interesting were Leeds. And just what the thing about Leeds is obviously they have a very kind of high variance style where they can kind of beat anybody and also lose to anybody. <laughs> but I think but I think in the FA Cup that's kind of in our favor because you want you want a team that is realistically if if you're backing Leeds at 38.0 to win the FA Cup, you're kind of they, they will likely have to beat at least one of the big six. And actually this season Leeds have beaten Chelsea 3-0. They were a penalty miss away from a draw at home to Arsenal. They've won at Anfield, they've drawn 
drawn at Newcastle. So we have a team here who we can who, who can who can clearly get results against the better teams of the Premier League. And if you just look at the lead squad now, you've Patrick Bamford and Sinistera come back from injury. Uh, Georgina Rutter has been signed from Hoffenheim. They're on the verge of signing Weston McKinney as well from Juventus, who's who I, I think would be, would be quality signing as well. So I think Leeds actually have qu- quite a good squad. They're playing Ackert and Stanley in this um, in, in this round. Ackert and Stanley are who are they? Toy. <laughs> they're the lower, they're the lower reaches, lower reaches of League One, and just the I think kind of leads actually have quite good strength and depth, and kind of the fact that I think Jesse Marsh is under pressure probably makes me makes me even more positive about this bet. In that I think he will take the FA Cup seriously. I think a kind of a defeat, a defeat away at Stanley could 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 see him kind of be kind of be one of the favourites for, for the sack race. So I think Leeds depth of talent. And their kind of high variant style makes them appealing at the current, uh, makes them to me the most appealing of the kind of the the outside bets of the FA Cup. They're currently around 38 points on the exchange. I, 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 that, that looks a little bit too big to me, given how easy their draw is and kind of the improvements in, in Leeds' squad. So, Emmett, keeping an eye on Spurs and Leeds, Stinch, what jumps off the page at you? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, like um, it's so volatile betting on domestic cups since I'd say maybe the last 20, 25 years with the influx of money into the league and, and the riches coming in, in Europe and things like that. Like, as I said, as I said earlier in the show, you could see a team take, I don't know, third, third, fourth, fifth round really seriously and then get to quarterfinals. All of a sudden it comes in the middle of a Champions League two leg quarterfinal or something like that, where that's a much a higher priority. So, um, but if you just kind of break it down, you look at uh, Liverpool at seven to one. They look a poor price given the poor form injuries and the fact they've got Brighton away. Um, but I think Brighton themselves, don't think you really want to be back in them. I mean, just 14 to one. I think that's very, very sure, especially obviously with the Trossard departure. Um, Arsenal nine to one. I don't think you'd entertain that given the fact I'd say they've got arguably the best team in the world away from home. So therefore, you kind of understand why United are nine to two second faves, given their their one to seven at home to Reading. But again, I don't think you want to be back in United, seeing as you know they're going across all all fronts, um, and I don't think they've got the the squad to to deal with four competitions. Uh, I think Emmett's right. Spurs are interesting at seven to one, but I think you know the vibes coming out of the club, the ne- negativity, their defensive process um, over you know a long period of time. I think it's just too too risky, essentially. And then you look at you know the the previous winners, the big six have won thirty of the last thirty four FA Cups. So I don't really see you want to be looking outside of them. And even then, the the four seasons that they didn't, they were they were runners up in three of them. So that's where you saw want to be looking. So it's hard to look past City. But again, I don't think you want to back them at a five to two and B with them facing Arsenal, where they're thirteen to eight to go out. So, uh, I mean, my uh, process um, approaching domestic cup competitions, obviously, there's far more, there's far much um, better opportunities in league football across Europe um, and across other outright markets. So, for example, last season, I think I backed Liverpool to win the treble. In January, I think mentioned on the podcast, this season I backed City uh, to win the quad at the beginning of the season just in case. So that's the sort of angles I would look at where you kind of, you know, you are getting them on side, but you're getting them on side at a much bigger price without the risk of having obviously getting only five to two. And instead, you know, you're getting a, a much higher price. But yeah, having said all that, I, 
in my opinion, I believe these outrights and domestic cups are essentially a bookie's dream. So if you're planning on placing a bet here, I would just take your money and go and stick it on Leipzig to win the Bundesliga instead. Lovely stuff. Mark? Well, yeah, I mean, the guys have covered it pretty extensively. Um, I think Man United were the bet before the third round, though. So I think we're a bit too late for that. They're around 10 to 1 before the third round. And there seems to be a real hunger around Ten Hag getting a trophy this season. Obviously, they're in a great position in the EFL Cup. But he fielded a very strong team from the off in the EFL Cup, as well as he did against Everton in the FA Cup third round. So United, I think, are going through their longest trophy drought for about 40-odd years. So I think there definitely is... Um, a motivation, shall we say, to do well in the Cups. But, you know, 5.7, they have got Reading at home, which should be a passable tie. But, you know, the luck of the draw, you just don't know who they're going to face. They could easily face City in the next round. And if you're on a 5.7 outright, suddenly you've got a, a dreadful bet. So um, that's one to keep an eye on. Brighton, obviously, I, I wanted to be on side, but 16.5 on the exchange still feels quite short. Um, they fielded a really strong team uh, for pretty much full strength 11 at Middlesbrough in the last round. Just demolished them 5-1 as well. Uh, we know how well they're playing recently too, but 16.5 feels feels quite quite tight when you've got five of the big six still in the competition. So um, I looked at sport, Spurs as well. One thing that put me off, Conte's just won one domestic cup competition in his whole coaching career. That was with Chelsea in the FA Cup. But bar that, it's pretty much just been league success. So um, I just thought yeah, a bit of a wild card this, more of a back-to-trade opportunity really. But... Ipswich are 250. Um, as I say, they're not going to win the competition, but there might be an opportunity here. Um, they are third in League One, but this is a side that are absolutely dominating the data in the third tier and dominating the data in a way that's not been seen basically for about 10 years, possibly more. You probably have to go back to when Southampton won promotion in 2011. They didn't even win the league that year. Brighton won the league, but Saints were the best side and they went on to, to basically claim back-to-back promotions and consolidate in the Premier League. I'm not saying Ipswich are going to do that, but uh, if you look at their closing prices, you can see how highly rated this team are by the market. We talked about them a fortnight ago when they played Plymouth, who were top of the table and, and clear. Ipswich went off as 1.57 favourites. Now, they've got a really tough game this weekend. They're away at Burnley. Obviously, Burnley going great guns in the championship under Vincent Company, But I don't think it'd be a huge shock to see Ipswich get through that tie. And, you know, with a bit of luck, you could easily be onto something here because we're going to have seven guaranteed EFL sides in the last 16 of the FA Cup draw. Possibly more depending on the results this weekend. But Ipswich are, sorry, Ipswich are home to Burnley. But they're 3.45 at home to Burnley this weekend. Swansea were 3.4 when hosting Burnley a fortnight ago in the championship. So if you take those prices, Ipswich are basically being rated as a, a top half championship team. So, um, you know, if they were to get through against Burnley, that price might collapse. If they get another sort of EFL tie, um, you know, they could see that as again a winnable opportunity. And then suddenly that price starts to collapse a little bit and there's opportunities to get out and, and make a bit of money. So uh, I just thought it switch a 250 uh, as a bit of a, a long shot uh, back to trade opportunity might be one to, to highlight. Yeah, I was at that Ipswich-Plymouth game and Ipswich a very, very good side. Elsewhere in the fourth round, Demet's already mentioned this tie, but it's time to have a, a more in-depth look at Accrington against Leeds, Demet. Yeah, it's just kind of, uh, kind of kind of really repeating what I said previously. This kind of yeah, it this looks like a great opportunity for, for Leeds. Leeds to win comfortably. Um, they're currently rainy evens to, to win by on the minus one in the handicap, and that, that looks like solid value to me. As I just as I mentioned previously, just that even if Leeds change their team with having Bamford and Sinistera back from injury, I think probably Jorginho Rutter might kind of run out here. Um, I think like the Weston McKinney potentially coming in. It just it leads 
our squad is starting to have a strong look to it. And Accrington during the week were taken to a replay and extra time by National League side Boreham Wood. They're really they're really struggling in League One. I think this like Leeds can Leeds can make sometimes make the worst teams look good. Uh, they they um like Cardiff took them to, to, to a replay in the last round, but Accrington Stanley are a far level a far uh, lower level team than Cardiff, and I think I think Leeds should be far too strong here. And I can see the, the minus one shorting up from the current price of evens. Now, there is no Premier League, so we're taking you on a wonderful, magical mystery tour around some of the places you can get great value that you might not have considered. We are going to start with Serie A. Mark, you want to look at an Atalanta side that now look like Atalanta of old, scoring lots of goals, and they're great fun. Yeah, they really are. Um, they're playing Sampdoria this weekend, and we've got two teams going in completely the opposite directions. Atalanta, Atalanta have completely regenerated and re, re, re-energised their season. Uh, Gian Piero Gasparini working wonders yet again. Fabulous scouting going on behind the scenes and, and he's just bringing together a, a, a new look side, shall we say. As you say, Blitz Salernitana for eight to fortnight ago. Played out a terrific three-all draw with Juventus in Turin last weekend where they really could have taken all three points. Uh, unbeaten since the restart, scored 15 goals in four games, scored twice or more in each of those. And they're facing a Sampdoria side who look uh, increasingly sort of like they're going to suffer relegation, which is quite sad really for, for Genoese football with Genoa already playing in the second tier. Samper eight points away from safety at the midway point of the season. They've lost 14 of 19, lost three on the spin without scoring, scored just eight goals overall and failed to score in 12 of 19. So I think there is some real value in backing Atalanta minus one and a quarter on the Asian handicap on the exchange. But uh, I think I found uh, a much more appealing uh, angle into this match actually on the sports book. So, um, you know, you think of Atalanta, you think of Luis Muriel and Duvan Zapata leading the line. They're both odds on favourites to score at any time. But the reality is those two are now, well, Muriel at least, is, is on the periphery because Gasparini has started to transition towards a, a front three where Hulmund, a young Danish striker, 19, and Adamola Lukman are the, the main starters. And it's one then from Boga, Zapata or Muriel making up the third wheel. Um, um, that's not really reflected in the anytime goal scorer prices at all. Uh, despite Adamola Lukman being their top goal scorer by a clear way with 11 Serie A goals. He's been Myers. brilliant, by the way. He has been absolutely outstanding for Atalanta. And I'm very pleased for him, actually, because he's had some moves that haven't worked out. Fulham was a bit hit and miss. Second time at Leipzig didn't work, but he's a really, really good footballer. It's great to see him doing well. Yeah, wonderful. He's playing with a smile on his face, confidence as well, and he just suits the system right now. And here's the, the angle here, because... Um, He's got 11 Serie A goals. Zapata and Muriel have each managed one goal apiece so far domestically. Zapata and Muriel are odds on to score any time. Adamola Lukman is 2.4 to score any time. As I say, he's got 11 domestic goals already. He's scored in eight of his last 10 starts. His scoring record is well, he's scoring every 99 minutes for Atalanta in Serie A this season. Um, the market has Atalanta in for about two and a quarter goals in this game. Lukman's already scored 11 of their 37 goal tally, which is about 30%. Um, you can already just sort of do the maths and work out that this feels like a value bet. But if you look at his expected goals output as well, 
um, 0.58 xG per game or per 90 minutes. Yet the odds are suggesting he's got just a 42% chance of scoring in this match. And as I say, Sampdoria are, are awful. Uh, it really sort of um, at a crossroads really in their campaign. Things need to turn immediately, otherwise they are going to be doomed. And I think Atalanta are absolutely humming at the minute and Lookman has been the star of the show. So 2.4 for him to score at any time compared to the, the offering you get for Zapata or Muriel. You know, it's, it's, it's no contest. We can maybe even double up Atalanta to win and Lookman to score. This football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. To the Bundesliga. Cracking Friday night clash between title chasing RB Leipzig and Stuttgart. Leipzig four points behind the leaders Bayern. Stinch at the start of the season, I had Leipzig to win it without Bayern. I must admit, I thought Bayern were going to run away with it. You were a bit bolder about Leipzig and it's paying off. Um, I've not been paid out yet. No, but it could, you're in a good position from where you were. <laughs> um, well, I've, I've only just backed Leipzig this week, actually, to win the league and that's it. So it could go uh, completely pear-shaped, but when you're betting on things that are odds of 20 plus, there's literally zero downside. So just had a, you know, uh, normal sort of one point bet and uh, we'll see how, how we get on. Uh, but I think there's enough question marks over the, the buying team that um, they can be attacked. And Leipzig themselves have been an abs- and an absolute role since October. They've won 11 of them and unbeaten 14 games across league and Champions League, scoring 40, conceded just 14. So that's an average of 2.86 per game with one uh, against and Stuttgart are just having another tough season. Obviously, they lost uh, Kalajdzic uh, in terms of a transfer uh, at the beginning of the season. They they lost him, obviously, for the majority of last season through an injury. And they just haven't seemed to have recovered. Uh, it's just three wins in 17. Uh, the fourth lowest scorers in the league. And they've just kept one clean sheet. So... I find it really difficult to see how they're going to basically stop this Leipzig train on on Friday right on Friday night. Um, their away record doesn't really make for pretty reading either. It's just one win in the last twenty five away from home. They were agonisingly close to making that two uh, during the week. Uh, manager described them as you know, I think just being broken. Like they can't they you know, can't believe that they haven't quite got it. So yeah, I don't see that changing on Friday either. Um, their record against top half opposition this season is also very poor. Zero wins, two draws, seven defeats, scored seven, conceded 21. And Leipzig have got a good record in this fixture as well. They won it 4-0 here last season. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking at Leipzig minus one on the Asian handicap on the exchange around about 1.84. So if Leipzig win by just a single goal, you, you get your money back. And it's a great bet, and it teaches me uh, to read Stinch's tweets properly because I thought he'd been on Leipzig uh, a lot longer than that. Now, I know you missed it last weekend, but we couldn't starve you of your favourite feature two weeks running, could we? It's time for Mark O'Hare's Scott Watch. Oh, aye. Escort watch. Yeah, uh, I'm actually getting people tweeting me now, sort of pre-predicting what is going to yes. be featuring in Scott's watch. And uh, yes. some someone did actually get this bang on, actually. Um, it's Den Hasmuel against Elgin. 
obviously heading back to wonderful League Two in Scotland uh, and our old friend Stenhouse Muir. Uh, this is, I'm going to say it, it's going to be a mouth-watering matchup, this one, uh, because <laughs> goals are expected. Of course it is. Yeah, it's the, it's the game on everyone's lips this weekend. Um, and I'm going to back over two and a half goals, both teams to score, and a first half goal in this match because it comes in at 1.85, which is a, a terrific price considering all the data we have to hand. Um, as we all know by now, Stenhouse Muir are the goal kings, not just in the UK, but across major European leagues too. They've played 20 league games, 17 have gone overs, 18 have seen both teams scoring. They've scored in 19 of those 20. The last time they failed to score in Scottish League 2, was August and they've managed one clean sheet which actually arrived on the opening day of the whole season which was way back on the 30th of July. They're hosting an Elgin side who have scored in every away game. They failed to score just twice in 20 games this season and have managed only three clean sheets themselves. They've delivered winning over bets in 15 of 20, BTTS in 15 of 20 as well. Combine the two and they've both seen over two and a half goals in BTTS in 70% of their collective league games this season and only two of those matches have not featured a first half goal either. Uh, basically, we've got the League Two, Scottish League Two leaders for goals per game output for over two and a half goals for both teams to score, for teams to actually score um, in terms of you know not failing to score and uh, clean sheets as well, fewest clean sheets in the Division Two. So I've given it the big build up, cue the nil-nil, but um, I'm expecting <laughs> plenty of goals in this game and at least one before half time. And there you go, whether you realised it or not, Scottish League 2 is a major European league. Now, both Emmett and Stinch have landed on the same game in Liga. Emmett, I'm going to let you start. Yeah, we're just, uh, I think we should be in for a pretty exciting game here. Um, and, and over, over the goal total is the way I'm looking here. Marseille matches this season have averaged 2.9 goals per game. And Monaco matches are averaging 3.57 goals per game. Um, when these two sides met in November, we had a five-goal thriller with Marseille winning winning three-two. So, given all those stats, I think like um, I would expect to go over two and a half goals. Be probably a bit uh, a bit shorter than kind of one point eight in the exchange. Uh, just also helping this bet is that um, the Monaco centre half Benoit Badiashile leaving for Chelsea as well, which also also helps here, and he's actually yeah, look look quite good for Chelsea. On kind of a slightly on a slight tangent, I have been looking at Marseille as a bit. Of, I haven't backed them yet, but as a dark horse, the French league on title. <clears throat> I think they, they, unlike most of the kind of t- sides in Europe outside the Premier League, they actually seem to have money to spend. They've signed Malinovsky from Atlanta, and they apparently look, were looking are looking to in, in, looking to invest further. I, just, I think there is, I think there's potentially some real volatility with PSG. If you're going to say what team in European football could have an adverse effect from the World Cup, PSG be top of your list, given yeah. Messi, Mbappe, Neymar, and even uh, Ashraf Hakimi's kind of lengthy involvement in the tournament. Yeah, and I wonder with Marseille as well whether they're spending the Genduzi money ahead of time, whether he'll actually make a move uh, to the Premier League. He's been very strongly linked with a move to Aston Villa. Stinch, what's your take on this one? Yep, same bet. Massive game between third and fourth in the battle for Champions League. And, and this game is always on my radar for goals. Um, Marseille have scored at least two in their last five matches. Monaco have scored at least two in seven of the last eight. And Emmett reeled off the the stats in terms of them defensively and, and overall. But uh, yeah, I'm all, whenever these two meet up, 
historically it's always fun uh 14 of the last 17 have been over 2.5 goals wow. 68 goals in total which is four per match and yet we're looking at a line of just 2.5 i was shocked really i thought the line would at least be 2.75 that's what it's been in previous seasons so i'm very happy to take the over 2.5 around about 1.8 now it's time for the world-famous podcast treble, a betting feature so popular it made Rishi Sunak forget to wear his seatbelt. Uh, just for the lawyers, that was nothing to do with us, by the way. Uh, how it works is the guys come up with a selection ahead of the weekend's action and delightful traders like Emmett wrap it up for you in a boosted treble. I'm going to start with Mark O'Hare. What have you got for us, Mark? Uh, I'm just going to repeat uh, a selection I've just mentioned from Scott Watch. Um, it'll be both teams to score when Stenhouse and Muir take on Elgin City. Stinch. I like this. This is quite exciting because there's no Premier League. I'm going <laughs> to go for uh, my podcast favourite throughout this season, which is Napoli to beat Roma around about a four to five. Uh, yes, we're going to talk about that game on the Sunday show. And Emmett, take us home. Yeah, I'll just I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go for the bet I just mentioned. Yeah. Over over two and a half in Marseille v Monaco, I think looks the looks the looks a solid banker for the weekend. A podcast treble with a continental flavour. That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. We will have a show looking at Sunday's action, not only in the FA Cup, but well beyond that as well. Lots of excellent preview content on our website, betting.betfair.com. And we've got some great podcasts to listen to as well, including NFL Only Better as the playoffs continue. From Stinch, from Emmett, from Mark and from me, it's goodbye for now.